Uh, you kind of feel like Charles Barkley is the only person to tell Live Golf no, other than Tiger Woods. But uh, Charles Barkley will stay with Turner Sports. And uh, he'll do the whole um, NBA studio host, uh, the NBA on TNT. And then you see him on March Madness. Um, Barkley is staying. Evidently, they did not uh, offer enough. He did say on Dan Patrick that, hey, yeah, you know, if it's an insane offer, I'm gone. I love that he didn't hold back or anything. He said, yeah, it's about the money. Anybody who, yeah, it is. It's about the money. For you, it's about the money. Um, it is about the money. Maybe maybe every now and then it's not, but it's it's when the, the number is so high, like Austin Riley's with the Braves, that, um, you know, somebody like that's like, why would I go to market? 212 is good. We're yeah. not talking about like getting offered, you know, what for most people seems like a lot of money. That is, you know, four generations from now money. Austin Riley out of DeSoto County uh, was offered, Blake, 10 years, $212 million. That's correct. That's X. I think it's a good day to, a good, Good day, good week to be part of uh, the Riley family. Would you like to hear a funny story kind of off of that contract extension or new contract, I should say? Yeah. Um, over, by the way, does that go into effect like at the end of this season or yes. effective immediately? No, it's his. it starts at the end of this year because this year's covered under the contract he was currently in. Okay, it's I didn't like know a, if they could. That's why technically it's an extension. Rewrite it's them. a new contract, but it's it's an extension onto what he's already got because they stay okay. Swallowed up two more years of arbitration, which in baseball just is a lot of garbage for team and player sit there and argue about new contracts while he plays under a current contract. Yeah. Anyway, long story short is that he's got 10 years after this year. So 10 for 212 after this year. He'll make like 15 million uh, next season. So in the offseason, Austin Riley held winter baseball camps. You see college players do this now, right? Yeah. And even post college guys have come back as minor leaguers and which is camps. awesome yeah then you understand why a minor league baseball player might actually hold a camp right they're they're getting paid pennies a week austin riley even though he's been in in major league baseball for a couple years now was holding winter camps so that he had money to buy hunting gear that's a true story was holding winter camps so he had money to buy hunting gear i think he can now go ahead and buy out cabela's or what Best was he Pro. making i nothing I mean, what, what it, I don't even know. We, we talk about the rookie minimum in the NFL and how it is skyrocketed up to like eight hundred thousand change if you can make a uh, if you can make a rot like if Jerrion Ely can make a roster here in the next few weeks, it's just insane money. I think when I started doing this, it was two hundred grand, um, and now it's eight hundred plus just to make the roster as a rookie. That's if you're undrafted. I don't mean if you're like second round. Yeah, you're, you're making more money than that, even fourth round. Um, but if you're Makai Polk or, or Jerry on Ely or some of these guys that were not drafted, you make the roster and you're, you're knocking down like eight Hyundai and change. What is yeah. the MLB rookie? Um, it's very cheap because they don't stay up for the whole season. So you can get a 10 day contract for, you know, a few 10 thousands, right? Like it's not, it's nothing. It's totally different. What Austin Riley made was. This is the first year that he eclipsed the six-figure mark. So he got to seven figures this year. He was making 3.95 this season. 
his total years before that didn't add up to 1.5. Okay. So he had played for three years under a million and a half. He got this year. He was on his fattest end of the deal because it's the back end of the rookie deal. I got. But you. he his career earnings are 5.1 million. So when prior you to that, on that bonus. 1.5, he was like at at uh, four to five hundred. It was yeah, per season. Four hundred thousand, two hundred ten thousand, and then six hundred thousand because of time played. That's part of it. It's time accrued. Wow. You're getting paid for the time in the majors. I wonder what that bonus was like when the Braves won the World Series for a guy like Austin Riley who wasn't making as much as some of the other guys in in Major League Baseball. Because, you know, we were debating like Q Weatherspoon. Q Weatherspoon is on a, a pretty much a, a rookie contract with the Golden State Warriors. Yep. But they played so many first round, second round, Western Conference finals, finals in the NBA and you know, all of a sudden, Q I think doubled his salary by winning by being a part of a team mm-hmm. that won the championship in the NBA. Yeah, we saw that happen to Dak Prescott his rookie season. They didn't win the title, obviously, but with their total wins and where they got to in the playoffs, his, his salary was so low as a rookie that he was awarded like another million dollars for like impact to team success, right? That the NFL yeah. does like a prorated thing for new new rookies. So it. Austin Riley's certainly getting paid, but the the Braves, we talk about this with the Saints. You've mentioned Mickey Loomis, right, and Jeff Duncan's book. Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager for the Braves. I love Anthopoulos. That name is awesome. Yeah, they call him AA because it's Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, so yeah. you see that around the Braves state. They, they've gotten all into his deal, too, and it's funny. When you win a World Series, it changes everything. It opens up your fan base to know even more about what's going on within the organization. Absolutely. You know? But the Braves fans are that crazy um, girlfriend, boyfriend that, like, has to know every single thing you do all the time, 24-7, 365. Yeah. Because that's how the Braves fan base is. I mean, I my one season with the Braves, I had... I. I can't tell you the amount of people that were DMing me on every different social media platform. What's the latest with this player at Double A? What's I know you're the radio guy. What's what are you doing at this Double A? How's this guy looking? How Max Freed? How's he pitching? How's you know how's Soroka pitching? Because I had both those guys when I was an inmate. How's Ronald Acuna looking as a Double A? That's that fan base is insane about that. But Alex Anthopoulos and what he's doing with his contracts is like what Mickey Loomis has done for the Saints when he navigated some of the things he had to to put a winning roster around Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Right. It's manipulation of the salary cap and the rules and and doing it in the gamesmanship way, right? Not the cheating way, but the like, this is why it's designed. If you're smart enough, you can make it work. Well, it, it's good moves by the Braves. Great and, moves. and keeping young players. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, WRKS. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. 
Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your SEC Insider hit this morning is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be Blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds show. Things do not look good with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, they're down to nothing now on their wide receiver unit because Jerry and Steven want to have their guys. And they talk about more about development than anybody in the NFL. There are people who argue with you that while there is some development in the NFL, you got to have players. I mean, ready-made, ready to go, players that can play on Sunday. And uh, so here Jerry and Steven are again like they were three or four years ago before they traded with for Amari Cooper. And it's because they want to be able to say, hey, I got this guy in the fifth round. He's going to be the next, you know, Marquise Colston that – Sean Payton could make that magic happen. That's not Dallas. Um, B- Belichick's been able to make all those guys kind of shine and and uh, pop in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, but that that's that's not Dallas and the Jones crew and McCarthy. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, they'll make some transactions. They're going to be second and third year, uh, second and third tier guys. And uh, their number one receiver is CeeDee Lamb, but he's about 5'11", 145 pounds. So in a, a day and age where it's all about the red zone, bodying up people, getting mismatches on corners, safeties, and linebackers, yes, they do have a tight end that is a nice player, but they don't have anything like, they don't even have anything like, well, Travis Kelsey's not, but you look at some of these teams, they, they go one and two and three deep of players that you would actually know. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that with the Dallas Cowboys. They open up with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, I want to switch gears. I started the book. John Talty used to work here and has gone on to AL.com in the state of Alabama. And um, he's a managing editor over there. And he he, he manages a, a staff that covers uh, Bama and Auburn and, and so on. And Talty has uh, come out with a book. The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban, How Alabama's Coach Became the Greatest Ever. And he has talked to everybody you can imagine who has been around Nick Saban. Since his days at, uh, growing up in West Virginia and working for his father's service station and the attention to detail that little Nick Saban got there to his dad coaching him in peewee football and their 39-game winning streak in which uh, Mr. Saban would not take anything less than everybody knowing exactly what they needed to do at a young, young age to going on to Kent State and playing for one of the legends that most of 
our area of the country doesn't know who he is or how special a coach he was, but Don James at the University of Washington was amazing, but he was at Kent State when Saban went to Kent State. You know, one of his uh, teammates was some guy named Gary Pinkle, another one of the excellent, excellent coaches in college football that, that did it at a program where it's extremely difficult to win in Missouri. And um, the ties there, you know, are, are pretty insane. And then, of course, Saban goes and coaches at Ohio State, Syracuse, and eventually ends up in the NFL. Can I tell you the one thing that's jumped out at me in this uh, uh, book? And we've talked about Saban. Everybody's talked about Saban. But I'd never read it verbatim like this, but it did not surprise me when Talty shared one of the stories. In, in Nick Saban's first meeting at Alabama, I want y'all to think back. All of us right now, the only thing we can think of is Alabama the monster. He has 120 people on his staff. That wasn't the case when he walked in the first day. In fact, he had not, according to the book, and this makes sense time-wise, he had not really hired anybody. He just got off the plane. You know, Colette wanted to assault him. And and he calls his first meeting. I want you to think about this for those of you who manage at any level. Calls his first meeting. And Saban gathered everybody together. Blake, I bet our listeners are thinking he gathered coaches and staff. Nope. Saban included janitors oh. and secretaries. Everybody in the building. Saban walked in and delivered a message that has served as a crucial tenet to his Alabama success. And I'll quote Saban, first meeting, everybody there. Everything we do is about recruiting. Everything we do. Then Saban referenced anyone who walked in the building. And if the bathrooms were dirty, it would make the program look bad. Then immediately after that meeting, he turned his attention to the secretaries. I want you to think about this. Other people are thinking, oh, he got off the plane and called a five-star recruit. Oh, he got off the plane and, you know, made sure to meet with his OC and DC because, you know, play calling eight months later was the most important thing on the, on the menu that day. He then turned his attention to the secretaries and he explained how they were the first link to the football program and they had to be ready to represent accordingly. How the secretaries answered the phone, Saban explained, is how the outside world would view Alabama football. That was his first meeting in Tuscaloosa. He's now six national titles late. He got one at LSU. Six national titles later. We know what Alabama is today. That was before the staff of 52 in-house recruiters, another 40 support staff, and everything else. That's, uh, what do they, what do we like to joke about setting the culture? That's an actual, like, culture shock yeah. moment. Yes. Mike Shula was the head coach of Alabama prior to Nick Saban's arrival. In the four seasons that Mike Shula was head coach of Alabama, they lost 24 games. In the 16 seasons since Nick Saban has been head coach of Alabama, including an abysmal 7-6 and six start to his career, 
They've lost 25 games. <laughs> in four times the time, you've only lost one more game if you're an Alabama fan. I, I want you to try, to try to put that in the head. For some college students, they went four years of Mike Shula, and in the 16 years since they've graduated from college, they've only lost one more game than they witnessed as a college student for four seasons. That's, that's just, you can't even, that's not realistic. No, we didn't, none of us had any idea that he would do what he's been able to do. How could you? In the world of Alabama Crimson Tide football, even with what Coach Paul Bear Bryant had done many moons ago, nobody had, and Bama fans will tell you this, yeah, we do. They didn't know. And the SEC's 10 times tougher, no shot at Bear Bryant, than he ever had to face. And it's gotten tougher every year that Saban's been here. And juniors leave. Don't forget that. Juniors, I think what Saban has had to manage that prior coaches did, and, and, and Bear Bryant was brilliant, but... With juniors leaving, and it see that caught up with Pete Carroll. Yep, it caught up with Urban Meyer. No, and it caught up with Mac Brown. And I think we all thought that they were either going to get another title or two more titles mm-hmm. because Pete Carroll got rolling and couldn't keep up with losing juniors. Urban Meyer got rolling, couldn't. There were some other factors, but couldn't keep up yeah. with losing juniors. Yeah. Mac Brown got rolling at Texas. Could not keep up with losing juniors. Yeah. Saban's been able to do this while losing juniors. Now, he'll handle the transfer portal and all that. They'll, they've got, he's probably got 24 people just on the transfer portal in the building. But that's so new. We're going to see how that looks several years from now. The bottom line is the guy's been able to manage losing all those juniors every year and still building. Not just competitive teams. Well, top end. Championship caliber teams. Now, I don't feel sorry for, I mean, you know, I understand Bama signs the best players. But there are years where they just get smoked. We're we're about to see if Kirby's smart. Now, Kirby's in a a weak, 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 weak division compared to Saban. Uh, But, you know. But Smart's going to start losing, and, and, and it'll compound. Mm-hmm. Will it get him every now and then? Is he going to win big? Absolutely. But every now and then, will there be a little bit more of a drop-off in Athens than there was in Tuscaloosa? The other thing that you're seeing at Clemson is what Saban has managed better than any coach in the history of the world in, in college football is the turnover of coaching. Oh, sure. That, that no Bear Bryant didn't deal. Like, those guys, Joe Pa... Bobby Bowden, those guys didn't deal with turnovers in coaching for the 10 years of their career. Like, you know, Saban's cycled in and out. Bowden, Bobby Bowden had Mickey Andrews for like 25 years, his defensive coordinator. Yep. Um, And then you saw what happened, uh, and then, you know, Bobby kind of lived the dream on that, right? Because you're right, there wasn't any money in, in assistant coaches' uh, money. Uh, when Mark, this gives you, that's a great example. When Mark Richt left yep. Florida State, that's it started, mm-hmm. you know, he just, he, he, he snowballed. He just kind of lost that, that part of his, he promoted yeah. his son. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know, he had, he had gone through some really top notch OCs yep. and Richt was excellent as an offensive coordinator doing some things that really nobody was doing in 97, 98, 99. And when Mark Richt went to Georgia, that Florida State rug was yep. just yanked out under 
Coach Bowden. Yeah. Coach Bowden's great and brilliant and innovative and amazing and built Tallahassee, Florida. But you, you make a good point. Shaping it. Heck, he didn't even keep his first. It wasn't because the guy left for a better job. Major Applewhite just couldn't handle the pressure. Yeah. Isn't that crazy thinking back all the way to that he point? Could, yeah. And Kevin Steele, I mean, he, he jettisoned both his first coordinators and then won. Yeah. Which is unheard he of won in, in this year sport, three in this sport, correct? Yeah, uh, he beat Tim Tebow. Tebow was a senior. They dominated Tim Tebow in Florida in the fourth quarter. It was incredible. That was the tear, and the crying there, moment. Yeah, you know, it was incredible. And you look at what Saban did, both at LSU and at Alabama. I mean, it's truly remarkable how he's been able to be so dominant. You take out that first seven and six season. You have 19 losses in 15 seasons wow. for Nick Saban. No, we're not talking about bowl games and playoff stuff. Yeah. Regular season, you've only experienced 19 losses in 15 years. It's not even two a year, Bo. Mm. It's not even one and a half a year. It's like 1.3 a year. <laughs> like, that's, you don't even experience two a year. It's just dominance, the witch of we talk about the Jordan model. And Pete we talk Carroll, about that. Urban Meyer, and Mac Brown Couldn't were do it. wildly successful, and yet, yeah, it's the they longevity. It. Yeah, it's the longevity piece that's truly un. We're seeing if Dabo can figure this out because yeah. that's the you know we thought Dabo you know everybody wanted to say Dabo's the next Nick Saban, but nobody's the next Nick Saban until you do it for the time that Nick Saban's done it for. Yeah. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're, uh, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. And um, we, the SEC Insider Hit This Morning, is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds show. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Our text line is 601 601- Eight eight five three seven seven six, eight eight five three seven seven six. Brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. Ag Up Equipment was Mississippi Ag. It's now Ag Up. Ag Up Equipment. That's where you go to get your next John Deere tractor as you get ready for hunting season, managing your farm, your family land. AgUp.com. Ag Up Equipment locations in Pearl and in Canton but 17 other locations, agup.com. CWR says Shula was there four years. Wow, seems shorter. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I was going to SEC media days when Mike Shula was there. Nobody showed up. Needless to say, that year that I was in Birmingham, the first year that Saban was hired mm-hmm. at the University of Alabama, it was insanity in the lobby of the Winfrey Hotel. These people were losing their minds. Body paint, jerseys, chants. You know, we're all on Radio Row going, this this is crazy. And and then, of course, once he started winning big, it's just what he has done to college football is, uh, well, you could fill up about 12 books, not just this book we're referencing by John Talty. Now people camp out 10 hours to see his coach's show on Thursday. You know, that's one of the best stories when Ryan Fowler, <laughs> 109 the game in Tuscaloosa, told us that. Um, can you imagine showing up nope. for a coach? And first of all, I don't know what it would take money-wise for me to go to a coach's show. Period. Um, 
I mean, I went to a bunch. I went to Tuberville's. I went to Cheryl's. I went to, um, I, well, I stumbled into one of Dan Mullins. It wasn't on purpose. Um, Ouch. Shots fired. You know, but that, I, I'm sure if I was a kid, I'm sure I went to Emory Ballard's and uh, Rocky Felker's or whatever. But uh, Cheryl and Tuberville, you know, had it. Well, Brewer, Brewer, Cheryl, Tuberville. That was the day and age when, when those things were amazing. Can you imagine going somewhere at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. in the morning for a Saban show that starts at 6.30 or 7 no. o'clock at night? Mm-mm. Nope. Can't. And, and, and holding a table down at, at Bob Baumhauer's, whatever, the, the linebacker who played on Coach Paul Bear Bryant's 77 or 78 team who owns all the restaurants throughout the state of Alabama. I mean, what if you and I did that? What would you do for that long? I I would go crazy. Go. What do you do crazy. sitting in a restaurant from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m.? You better have a good phone battery. <laughs> have a charger, something. Actually, bring a book. Bring your computer. You bring yeah. the Saban book. There you go. There you go. You read books about Saban so that you can talk to Saban about the books about Saban. Yes, there you go. I like that. Good call. Um, Out of Bounds is brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Um, we'll be covering sports injuries throughout the fall, keeping you updated with your teams. And uh, Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center, any age, any sport, any injury, they've got you covered. We are powered by Mississippi Sports Medicine.com. Hour number two coming up, Detelier at 830. 